Welcome back to the podcast, folks. This week's episode is sponsored by Ultimate Add-ons. Ultimate Add-ons are the premium manufacturer of mobile phone and action camera mounting solutions for motorcycles, with a kit for any bike and a proven track record of creating products that keep your devices safe, secure, and easily accessible. The Ultimate Add-ons product range is ideal for any rider from the commuter to the round-the-world adventurer. I've been round the world, you know. Why shell out on an expensive GPS system when you could use your smartphone, keeping it charged and within reach to take photos of your travels at the same time? Ultimate add-ons waterproof, shockproof and dustproof tough cases are available for all flagship smartphone models and are designed by riders for riders. Find out why Ride Magazine gives Ultimate add-ons their coveted Best Buy certification. Keep riding this winter with Ultimate add-ons. It's all about the journey. Okay folks, on to this week's episode, episode 29. It's the Chasing the Racing Lads, Chrissy Rouse and Dominic Herbertson. I hope you enjoy this one, folks. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Right then, lads, you ready to rumble? Ready nah. to go. <laughs> right, folks, uh, we are here in the Chasing the Racing... Studio. Studio, shall we call no, it. No, no, yes. I, I want to know before you put those words in your mouth. What were you going to call this? I was going to say trailer, and then I thought, no, I'm trying to think... The epicenter, the hub. That's what I'm thinking. You smooth beaded twat. There you go. Can we all done? I was about to say before we get on with this interview, what are the house rules? Do we know what the house rules are? What swearing? Swearing. Fill your boots. Whatever you fill like. your boots. Fantastic. I, I edit right. nothing out unless you know, unless we come up with something horrendous that can't be put on here. I'll tell you what, I you're a man of experience, aren't you? I can see your eyes <laughs> fluttering there going, don't say this, don't say that. Whatever you do, don't say this. Well, do you think I'd have had you on if I was worried about that? Don't worry about yeah, that. On, our, on our podcast, it kind of works how Dom uh, <laughs> says things that need editing out and then it's my job to edit them out. So Yeah, we actually involved, we actually put a lot of editing in actually giving Chrissy some crack about himself <laughs> yeah. as well. So it's a good make, team make effort. It's all about a good team effort. There we go. Right, folks, if, uh, which camera am I looking at? I'll look at this one. If you haven't yet guessed, we've got Dom and Chrissy here from Chasing the Racing. If for whatever reason you've not checked out that podcast, where the heck have you been? Um, gents, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Chrissy, congratulations on the, on the uh, Superstocks t- title. Thank you very much. Let's test your microphones here. This is a clap. This is a clap here. There we go. Fantastic. Last time I got the clap. Anyway, we're not going to go down that situation. There we go. A lot of relationships wow. ruined on that. I'm going to be earning my money on this one. <laughs> um, if you don't know, folks, Chrissy is the sort of circuit racing racer, and Dom is the lunatic that does the road racing. You are a TT been, veteran, I believe. Now, to be fair, I would have been happy with just lunatic. <laughs> Thank you for actually clearing that up for the old no professionalism worries. side of it. But no, Chrissy, obviously to my left here, is doing an out standing job this year and obviously all your listeners be thinking if they haven't figured out what the hell he's done they do need to wake up now I've just insulted all your 50,000 subscribers so let's go from there (laughs) (laughs) I guess I guess a lot of your audience won't be predominantly like racing sort of it's a real mix my audience it really is yeah there's 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 a lot of race fans there um, and then there's you know, other people that have probably never even been to a, never even watched it on the TV, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. There's a real mix. I've got the adventure travel lot, and then I've got the racing lunatic It's, lot it's one well. thing, like, when we're talking about things, you've always kind of got to consider who's listening and, like, how much, because you don't want to patronise somebody, but then you don't want to just be having, like, rabbit on about something that someone has no idea about. It. Oh, I wouldn't worry. A- anyone that's listening to, to this podcast will have an interest in racing, so they'll want to hear 
you know exactly how you talk and what no, but what you want to chat about. See, the best thing about this whole motorcycle world that we're involved in, racing is only, quite frankly, a small part of it, mm-hmm. isn't it? And your podcast actually fulfills that other side of the motorcycle and world, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. they're a whole actually enjoyment getting on a motorcycle. Me and him, we just get what kicks out of air trying to beat each other. <laughs> so that- <laughs> I, was, I was going to ask, do you, do you ride on the road? I do. Yeah. Uh, you've actually, you've just got your stabilisers kicked I did, off. Yeah, I did my Jeez. CBT uh, last <laughs> year. Off. No, no, I Seriously. did my CBT, but I've n- I never then followed up with getting a bike or anything. So, right. um, But uh, I've actually had a, f- uh, a few uh, times recently where I thought I would absolutely love just to get out on like a Sunday afternoon or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I am, it's definitely happening this year. I'm going to awesome. do my test. Awesome. Also, I'm getting a... Um, well, it's technically my dad's bike, but we've kind of got a rule which whatever's his is mine and whatever's mine's my own. And uh, <laughs> not in my household. Yeah, yeah. He's, oh got, my. he's got a, a KL1S250, and uh, it's been sat in the garage for like probably t- like over ten years without being switched on, and like just a roading away and whatever. So uh, this winter we've just put it in to get fully restored. Right. So that's I used to. I should, maybe shouldn't be telling you this with you being a copper, but uh, I used to uh, ride that bike on the road when I was about t- 10 year old. We used to go up on the moors. It wouldn't have bothered me when I yeah. was a copper. By the way, this could be a sting operation, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I, like, I, I had no idea about podcasts before you invited me on this one. You boys so. really don't know me, do you? So, oh, God, I. So, we, we, yeah, we used to go up uh, where we live in the northeast. You, you've obviously got like the city and stuff, but then if you go in the middle, uh, like in the middle of the country, it's just moors, like all the way to the yeah, Lake District. Yeah, yeah. So, we'd go up there and, and find like roads where there was nobody there and then my dad would sit on the back and let me ride it so it's it's always been like a a massive thing that i want to tick off the bucket list to get it restored and um, to maybe do some parade laps or even to maybe do some classic racing so uh yeah but i'll definitely be getting my license soon definitely how's that gonna work being like because you're a young lad and being a new rider your insurance will be sky high, wouldn't it? Especially when you tell what you do for a living. Well, well, not a living, but yeah. Oh, hopefully, <laughs> oh, hopefully that'll change for the lad. But like you say, that will be a difficult situation. With direct line. How many points you got? Zero. What do you do for a living? Race motorcycles. Hang up the phone. <laughs> yeah. Hang up the phone. <laughs> Jesus. I tell you what, it's a burn up field it, do you know what, it, it feels so weird being sat here like in our studio and it, like you sort of getting questions rather yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're usually asking questions one thing just before we, before we started recording we're obviously talking about the police connection and you, oh, right, were, yeah, and yeah. you were saying how things and um I was trying to quickly get Dom up just because I've watched some of your videos and stuff. But I was trying to get Dom's walking speed. in smoking a joint. <laughs> <laughs> Who would like a line of bifter? <laughs> yeah, they uh, and the Met, and then like leaving and all that. And you were just about to tell us about you no know, live your life because it's perfect. Yes. It's perfect for coronavirus, like a slogan for this time with the, coronavirus. Yeah, it's never been more apt, really, is it? But uh, you've have you had that for a long time? Yeah, it's um, like all all my lot will be sick of this because it, it's always it always comes up. But basically, my mom, bless her, passed away from cancer back in two thousand and eight, and she she'd been fighting it for almost ten years. And then in the last year, um, I moved her in. Basically, my mom got the five year all clear, so my folks decided to emigrate to Spain. You know, bit of good life. And then whilst they were out there, mom's cancer came back, so she kept having to come back to the UK for treatment. And then the last time she came back, uh, it wasn't going particularly well. So I moved her in with me rather than her staying in like a, you know, a, a B&B type place mm-hmm. for six months or whatever. So I had a flat by then. So I said, come and stay with me. So while she was living with me, um, she was getting more and more unwell. Sadly, she wasn't reacting well to the treatment. And um, we used to spend a lot of time just chatting. You know, when I wasn't working, we'd just be 
at home watching the telly and stuff. And one day, Long Way Round came on the TV, you know, the Ewan McGregor thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'd seen it all before. I'd seen all that a long time before when it first came out. And I was moaning to my mum, just saying, you know, it's all right for them, A-list celebs, all that money, blah, 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 blah. And my mum just turned around and she said, you've always wanted to ride a bike. You've never done it. You've always spoke about travel. You've never done it. Yeah, I hadn't. I didn't ride a bike at, at that point. No, no, sorry, I'm trying to get a, like a timeline on that. So, mm. like, I know we should never ask the interviewer what his age is, but what what age were you when this happened? Then what? Like, two thousand and eight. Yeah. Uh, uh, thirty-two. Thirty-two. Oh, right, then. So, there yeah, you go. Yeah. so at this point, you've never been on a motorcycle. Nah, never just, got your license. I'd never done it. No, nah, I just, I just never done. I'd always wanted to, but I'd never done. Believe it or not, ironically, growing up, my mum and dad were always anti-bikes, so oh, I'd right. never done it. But then, as it turned out, it was my mum that kick-started it all and she just said you know you've never done all that don't get to my stage where you face the end and you regret what you've not done you know look after those that you love but live your life and Fantastic literally slogan, yeah man. literally there there and then it was like a light bulb and i was like right fuck it i'm doing this mm. so i booked my das um went and did that passed my test by that point mom had been admitted to a local hospice because she didn't she didn't want to pass away in my flat so um, she went to a local hospice in Penge and I, pa- I passed my bike test and picked up my brand new GSX-R600 that I'd bought waiting for me at the dealership <laughs> so uh, I rode that like a total newbie 50 mile an hour shitting myself to the dealership walked in in my Power Ranger outfit and shook the keys and said to my mum look I've, I've done it I've passed my test so she gave me a big hug and then she sort of just said make sure you do your trip and five days later, she passed away. So it was like, right. Never. Yeah. So it was like, right, I'm doing it. So a couple of years, fast forward a few years, I'd done a bit of planning and uh, I left on her birthday, 2012. And that was it. Fair <laughs> play, that man. But anyway, this isn't about my trip. <laughs> no, Sorry. We'll have to get no, you on the, our podcast no, to get you asked. Oh, my little fast asleep. This is a couple of Jordy Bellens, man. This is nothing. You're, you've actually got some edge about you. Oh, don't be daft. I'm don't be daft. I'm telling you, there you go. A man who can carry a beard like that off has obviously got a hell of a story. Let's face it. There I didn't go. have the beard in those days. I, I, I was, I'm a proper baby face underneath all this. Was oh, that God. part of being a, G, a GS owner? He started off life as five foot two at thirty two and he went up and get a leg extension on the joint. You can get them, you know, Chrissy. I'm thinking about getting it done. The amount um, of abuse I get for being a GS rider. I used to slag GS riders off. Because I did that I did my trip on a Jigsaw Thou. And GS is where like, like, like you've said that several times now. I've got to get that in. Uh, do you know every, everyone I know that uh, owned a GS is yeah. exactly the same thing. They've always Sub thought <laughs> they've always like looked down like sort of dimly on GS owners, but as yeah. soon as you ride one, it just totally changes your opinion. Yeah, it does. Said that. It does. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Please stay awake, my lot. Please stay awake. Right, Jeds, do you know how the format works on on um, on my podcast? How it all works? I've watched it a bit and pieces, yeah. Oh, you must have been bored. I um, can't afford electricity bills, so I've never watched now. Dom's never actually watched one of our podcasts. <laughs> no, no, I don't listen to podcasts, YouTube, nothing. You know what I do, son? I work for a living. So there you go. It's either in the woods or in my bed. Now, one of the biggest lessons I ever got taught in life, Chrissy, was uh, there's two things you should buy right. A good mattress and a pair of boots, because you should be straight out of one, straight into the other. Sadly, that's why I have no social life, any social skills whatsoever. And quite frankly, I don't understand why you dragged me onto this show. But thank you very much. There you go. <laughs> and now we're sitting opposite a Viking. So it's amazing how life turns on you. <laughs> how how do I follow that? I'm not entirely sure how. <laughs> right. So let, let's move to you then, Don, because you're. I'm boring. Let's go back to Chrissy. You're he's, the road he's racer. Thousand cheap. He is. Congratulations <laughs> again. You're the road racer. 
and your job is a you're a tree sergeant, a boracoraculturist. Is that what they're called? Uh, that, that's pretty much. I like actually name myself as a bit more of a lumberjack because let's face it, there's too many pikeys in this game that can call themselves tree surgeons. That's called pikeys. Is that caravan oh, utilising nomadic travellers? Well, no, that that gypsies and travelling folk, different category. No, what a pikey is is a horrible little human being that robs old people of all their money. I mean, yes, yeah, that, that's it. You know, there's a huge category, isn't there? There's huge segregation in those situations. But anyway, I'm not a pikey so no I work in, mainly in the forestry industry so okay. um, like a commercial felon yeah, 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 I've yeah. also got me our boracultural tickets as well so I can climb trees dismantle them and all sorts so yeah. basically 16 he went Dominic that's a job thick enough for you I went right well, that, that <laughs> off you go down get up there and chop that down that, that's pretty much it and it's amazing how yet yeah, again we're going back to chase the race and worlds collide we've got an educated fast motorcycle rider and then you've got well me so <laughs> a complete nugget <laughs> plays himself down doesn't he Massively, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Dom finds it really difficult to talk about himself so he always <laughs> oh, tries excellent. to deflect in that case <laughs> yeah. and, and he never and uh, yeah he's always, always pulls himself down and he uh, when he achieves That's something like pants by the way when he achieves something really good as well which he regularly does he uh, as soon as you get onto the conversation, he just t- turns it straight away. So I'm actually quite enjoying this, to be honest. <laughs> right. You're just going to sit there are. quietly in the are. corner. <laughs> just, and just to get, give an idea, but I know Dom, like I say, Dom pulls himself, this now? Dom pulls himself down, but uh, if you, obviously your viewers will be familiar with the Isle of Man TT, yeah, and yeah. kind of like how, how unbelievably fast and scary that place is. And like the... Like not that long ago, um, like John McGuinness hit the sort of big one thirty benchmark, yeah. and uh, Dom Dom's a privateer racer there, and uh, finished tenth in the senior TT last year with a, a lap of an, an average speed of one hundred and twenty nine point six miles an hour. God, so, man. just hold off on, that one thirty. On. That's it. But that's like telling a girl you nearly gave her an orgasm. <laughs> you know, that's really oh, quite work, does it? Exactly. Oh, I know. That's it. I know. It's a bit of a shock. It doesn't really. You know, you've. Got... <laughs> It's, um, I thought look, that was like an urban myth. Yeah, I know that's it. I know it's lies everywhere, lies <laughs> everywhere. But uh, no, it's like my dad's put me ideal set. Like my dad, like um, you know, me, the man's my hero. He is, but he never comes racing with me. Does he not? No, he races motorbikes himself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. His exact words were, "Why should I go racing and watch you have all the fun?" That that's that's my dad through and through. And you think, well, fair enough. He sticks to his guns, but he always keeps an eye on on the computer. You know, yeah, he always yeah, keeps yeah. an eye on the sector times and. It's always building that potential and seeing, well, if you made corrections there, you'll improve there and everything. But I made a couple of mistakes in that last lap. And like uh, the senior last year on the ZX10, we did 129 point whatever it was. And the sectors put together by my dad were over 131. Wow. But that, like I say, that's it's, it's putting that together and that's an ideal thing. It's like Chrissy's probably... You know your lap record pace every time you go out somewhere, isn't it? Which is fair enough, but it's it's always putting that system together. But it's nice to know leaving the Isle of Man, like going well, we're capable, we're capable of it. Sorry, like mumbling me words, but be able to go back, and that's where that addiction begins. You think you're on the ferry home, got a face like a slapped ass going. Oh, if I only did this and I only did that, you know. And that's the draw to come back again the next year. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And you just think, well, if we do this right, we do that right. And that's what keeps drawing us all back. So, I mean, what what got you into road racing to begin with? Was it to do the TT or did you just... 100% to do the TT. Was it? I grew up like, um, I've got two older two older sisters and trust me they don't look like me. They're actually gorgeous. To be fair, me, I'm the runt of the litter without a doubt. But, um, our family holiday was going to the Isle of Man. 
and that that was the Mags Grand Prix, never the TD. And before that, that was well before the classic TT, and they had classic numbers. Now I remember they've actually removed the scouting board this year. I couldn't believe they've done that. I, I was devastated. But the why? Thing, well. They're actually going to replace it, though. Now, okay. when the news came out, it was a bit like, we're getting rid of this because yeah. of COVID and all that crap. And But they're going to replenish it. They're actually going to replace it and they're going to update it, which is, like, fair enough. But I remember going to the Isle of Man when they were adding Scaffy on to get the numbers on. There was never, like, a restricted number. Right. And I remember my dad going off down the road at, like, 100 and... 117 or something like that. that was like, <laughs> like, but the Manx is a club. That's what makes it separate of the TT. Now, the TT is run by the Alaman government. Right. So they restrict those numbers like massively due to the speed, like the lap speeds. So I think they're only allowing 73 entries yeah. in this year. Okay. But a couple of years ago, it was over 100. But because the speeds have increased, they've, they've had to shorten the numbers for getting lapped, yeah. essentially. Yeah. But as far as the Manx Grand Prix was concerned, it was always about well getting the entries in. If you can get the clubs in and get the get the money in, they can sus- like make it sustainable. And I remember them building Scaffy on to get the numbers in, and, I, and it was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. And you had the little scouts hanging off, going, "Oh, it's gonna pack in, it's gonna pack in and collapse on you." And it was it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, did you get over to watch the TT? I've done it once. Uh, well, not done it. I've been once. I did it actually. Sorry to bring my trip up again, people. But it was like the last leg of my trip after after I'd done like Canada and the States. I I went across to Ireland and then from Ireland to the Isle of Man for the TT. Like met up with my missus there and then did the last sort of leg home mm. after the TT. So what did you do in Ireland then? Did you do all the road races in Ireland? As no, well? no. I literally I shipped I shipped from New York. Well, I flew, I flew the bike by plane, but I, I shipped it from there to Manchester and then the put the bike in the back of a van because it worked out cheaper than importing it straight to Dublin. So if you went to Manchester first and then vanned it, it still worked out cheaper. So I flew to Dublin myself, waited a couple of days for the bike to come and then picked my bike up in Dublin and then just rode up through Southern Ireland into Northern Ireland. Did I, I went to Joey's bar, just, you know, oh, pay your respects, do all that, just tick everything off. Now, I need to know, was the Guinness that good? You- I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I was. I, I didn't drink. I didn't drink there in Joey's bar because I was. I was literally on the bike on the way to to uh, Belfast to the ferry terminal to to go. So right. I'd literally. I'd just done the Giants Causeway and um, I thought I've got to go Bally Money. So went to Bally Money and met Linda there and you know I think I had a pint of orange or something like that and um, paid my respects. You've gone to the most iconic bar. I know. I didn't have a beer. Island, without a doubt, and you didn't even touch as like a drop of the black stuff. That is terrible. I had plenty in Dublin. Don't worry about that. Oh, there we go. But that's Dublin. Oh, yeah. You've let yourself down. I had about four days. Let's call this a wrap. I've I've had enough. Let's walk out. I've not been to Ireland. (laughs) I definitely want to go. I want to go for the road racing. Definitely. I've I've got quite a lot of mates that are right into the road racing over there. So again, this year was a plan to to go, but. Well, that's it because um, sadly road racing is like due to the insurances and everything well the, look at the look what we've all gone through and everything like that but road racing is sadly on the decline mm. there's no point sugarcoating and everything like that without serious financial infrastructure yeah. injected into it yeah it's never it, it's it's struggling but that, possibly over the last few years but i think when there was that closer to the edge tt movie and a few other things there was actually a massive like surge of mm. in terms Massively. of like how big the tt was as an yeah. event yeah so it 
maybe like peaks and troughs, but obviously with the COVID thing and like being cancelled. It's kicked it's everything, massive, isn't it? That you're referring to like the international events, which is totally understandable, yeah. like the TT, the Northwest, and well, the Ulster. They fell mm. into huge financial yeah. problems, and they they cease to exist now. We we actually have a a thing on the uh, chase and racing called the rumor mill. Now yeah. the rumor mill that I've heard at the moment is that someone has stepped in exclusive. Yeah, that someone's stepping in. All right, to, to bring it back, take over. So we had Mick Grant and Eddie Roberts, um, to like stepping in financially to save mm. Oliver's Mount, which is like England's only road race. So hopefully, and what I've been told by a few Irish people, which is great, because let's be like the very God fearing people, them Irish, the they never that, lie, they, they never don't lie. lie, do they? So the fact that there is hopefully a cash injection to get that event on its feet again, awesome. which would be absolutely brilliant. But if you haven't been, if you have not been to like any of the Irish events or any of your listeners done. or YouTubers haven't been, for God's sake, you've got to go. I will, I, I promise I will to go. go. Cause if, if, if it does go and you miss it, like what you are just saying about- It won't come back, mother, will it? It won't come back and it'll be a damn shame and you regret the things that you don't do. Well, we were all booked up to do, um, me and my mate Fulch and a couple other lads, we were, uh, Mark Fulcher. Right, Mark. Filch. He's, that's his name. Filch. Not Filch. Fulch. 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 Right, Grant. It However, like I'm going to. I want to know about him. I'm going to adopt that name now and start Filch. calling him Filch. Filch. That's Hello, Filch. Uh, is he like you, six foot something? He's I better wind me neck in. He's an ex miner. He's a big old lump. Right, Grant. I do apologise, son. <laughs> if you're listening, I do um, apologise. We were all booked to go to the TT this year, obviously. So that's all carried on to next year. So we'll definitely be at the TT next year, providing this. Covid does one, um, but I know people have asked about it in the questions. But the old Isle of Wight road race, are you going to be doing that? I, I would love to. Um, as far as road racing is concerned, I'll do every event under the sun. Now, what I have been told is that it's an invitation event only, which I think is a very good idea because mm-hmm. you think, well, every, it's new, it's exciting. I think if they overload it with people, it's going to be very hard to control and very hard to police. So I think they're going to restrict the numbers of entries to begin with. Mm-hmm. And see how it runs. Surely you must be on that list. Well, I, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm just going to throw his you name in. <laughs> you boys I'm are pretty much. I'm with Chrissy. <laughs> you boys are pretty much, you know, the the leading racing podcast out there. Certainly in the UK, you got to be. There's not many to compete with. To be fair. I'm glad you stepped in there. Yeah. But you know, there's first um, and the last. No, there's no. Uh, oh god, what they got the chat the ch- uh, chatter. Front end chatter. Front end chatter. Yeah, I think it. I don't think that's racing though, is it? Is that is that more the journal lot? I think so. Yeah. Ah, right. Okay, I should know that. Dropping, <laughs> <laughs> dropping drop hot. There we are. Yeah. But um, no. As far as you must like, be on the list for that. I'm. I'm. Ho- I'm hopefully, I'm. But it's um, they've they've hit the ground. Obviously, a lot of a lot of work's gone on behind the scene to get this going. Mm. And like the thing is, you can't have a conversation these days without saying the word bloody COVID. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like ifs and buts and ands, a flip of a coin, see where it lands. But until then. We don't know, but I really hope I am on the list. But what I have found out, though, is that they're not running a super twin race. All right. That is utter crap. See, you two have had the same reaction immediately there. Now, for your listeners who were just listening on the reason for that. Now, I don't know. I have no idea. But what I've been told from me, me, me sources from the outside that there isn't a super twin race. Now, you think road racing in general, like one of my one of my best friends, James Counton's, like sadly lost his life at the Southern mm. 100. His most, one of his biggest iconic, like many of his iconic moments, was at the Northwest 200 
on a super twin. Yeah. Some of the best races we've ever had, Ryan Farquhar, we've had Derek McGee, we've had Jamie Coward, we've had Michael Dunlop, we've had super twin racing has always been a, a proper foundation yeah. Yeah, of yeah. it. Now, unfortunately, it's always been the money side of it that's been the difficult side of it. But as far as close-knit, proper, hanging off the edge yeah. racing, it's always been super twins. Now, I hope they do change their mind going into that. That's another fresh thing for the room. Yeah, 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 but, definitely. <laughs> but they're definitely having the super bikes and the 600s okay. there, which will obviously it goes without saying that'll be fantastic racing. But I think, is it a 12-mile long lap? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Now, I think, when's the last time a road race came on the calendar? New one. <laughs> But that that would be as big as news as you lot. It'll be massive. It'll be massive. There's already so many people saying, "Oh, you go and you go and you go and like just to, to spectate." Mm. So you know, it's, it's got to happen. Surely I've, it's got I've, to happen. I've personally never been to the Isle. Have you ever been in the Isle of Wight? No. I've not. No. See, there we go. This is a ticket made. It'd be in a heaven, huge this. tourist thing. Massive, there, massive. Yeah, because you're not going to get. I don't think it's going to be as badly affected by the weather as the Isle of Man. I think it might be better weather. You'd on the Isle of Wight you'd expect it you'd a expect lot better, off the south coast but also I think the timing of the year they were looking at was at quite late on wasn't oh, was it, it? I yes. think they, were, they were talking about it being in October like oh, after the last BSB yeah, like yeah, a yeah. week after the last BSB which, which which is a good thing really though isn't it it's not going to collide with anything it's like no. the end of season bash yeah. it's that kind because normally like as far as road racing is concerned it's always been well it was the Ulster but then it became the classic TT mm-hmm. and the Manx Grand Prix it was like after August it was like well there we done. We had the Gold Cup in September, didn't you? But yeah, as far as hopefully with the weather concerned, the Diamond Races, yeah, yeah. Uh, fingers crossed and go for Watch it. Watch the space. Have you ever been to Scarborough? No, I've not. I was supposed to go up for for that this year. The yeah, like yeah, the Gold Cup and yeah. the Barishine, Yeah, Dom was racing in both of them. Yes, yeah, right. Good yeah. old track that. I watched, I watched your podcast after that as well. Yeah, yeah. No, God. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, the way my podcast works is. I post up on social media to say who's coming in and then people get the opportunity to leave some questions. So we'll normally go through the questions, but I can take... Who's Dom Herberton? (laughs) (laughs) There's the first answer done, there you go. (laughs) You're right, you're right about him. Um, No, right, so what we'll do first is uh, I've got a bit of a... I know you guys got a Patreon to to help support the podcast. I've got one as well. Uh, So we go Patreon first with my clan, as we call them. So first one is David Hemmings. You've one last race left. Where would it be and what what bike would it be on to both of you? I'm going to go oh, with how ooh. we started the the podcast. Um, I've got fond memories of being a kid riding the KL1S 250 with my dad on. Yeah. So if I could if I could do a, like a, some sort of classic race or whatever on that, um, I think that would be awesome. Mega. Mega. If, pick a tr- if, yeah. if, if I could pick a circuit to race on, best best circuit that I think I've ever raced on would be Portimao over in Portugal yeah and uh, obviously the Formula 1 was on there last week and it was it was unbelievable to watch a, an onboard uh, I think Lewis Hamilton posted his like pole position lap as an onboard and when you know it at, on a bike yeah. you kind of know where you should be braking to watch it in an F1 car I'm Phenomenal, not in, I'm not in F1 yeah. at all but to watch it in an F1 car it that like turn one he just turns yeah it, like, he it just was unreal I think the Formula 1 car was something like 20 or 30 seconds a lap faster than a Shut super up. bike Shut it, it wasn't even it wasn't like re- remotely close wow um, and there, there was just there was places where you know on a on a bike you're like go on explain turn one so we've just 
taking the piss slightly there because he literally hooned in the straight and then just turned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on a big bike, what like, are you doing? I th- well, first of all, going on to the start finish straight, it's a long right hand and then you kind of come up a lip and like on a big bike, you get like the front end would go light. Yeah. And I th- so that's the start of the straight. And I think the F1 cars were hitting almost 190 mile an hour at the start of the straight. Oh so my literally God. Say, 187, <laughs> I think it was <laughs> Um, but yeah, turn turn one, you it, it drops, <laughs> it drops the track. So obviously you like properly motor on six gear. It drops down a hill and then into a right hander. So on a bike, you yeah you'd like nail it. I think it's at the top of the hill. You'd maybe start braking and you like brake for like a fair bit and then tip in and grab the throttle. F one card. It's like it wasn't quite flat, but it wasn't it was far. Pretty much no, with flat. the the downforce, yeah, the yeah, yeah. it was insane. Oh but yeah, that, that's such an awesome track to to ride. But also the location. Yeah. It's right next like you would go up there on holiday so yeah, it's nice, like isn't it? beaches hotels you know like i've had a few good nights out <laughs> down, down that way. Uh, so yeah i would i would say last race kel1s at beautiful Port Mail. i'll tell you what we're gonna i want to jump into that a little bit more now what's interesting like chrissy this year I can't, I can't stipulate how much of a good job he's done this like he's done his own engine braking maps his own traction maps and everything now he gets all that data through the brand new bmw yeah so he can actually have a look at like brake like brake pressure sensors. So we're talking about that one corner. Now F1 had developed this car just to turn in nigh on flat. Yeah. Now on brake pressure sensor alone, I want you to explain to his listeners how much brake are you actually applying? What is the most pressure it's, you've applied? It's, do you know what? it's not very impressive at all. If you on the on the BM, it's impressive. Now he's <laughs> downplaying it. As no, well. I'm bamboozled. Seriously, on the. On the um, BM, you can press a button and it brings up a big, like, sort of grid of all the sensors and stuff. Right. So you can, as you press the brake pressure, you can see what what bar you're pulling. This is like not uh, when not Peter when you're riding. This is this oh, when is you're like when, when you're mapping. Yeah, 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 or like say sat in sat in the garage, right. and you, when you think to yourself, oh, like I absolutely nail the brakes like into turn one, and like say you get like ten bar or eleven bar. If you actually pull ten or eleven bar on, on the lever, it's like not difficult. Like you just don't think you're pressing it hard at all. And it, but if you watch it at trackside, you would see the front end dive. You would see the force wow. coming out, sliding in, and uh, you think, wow, the the amount of force you put yeah, through really the lever. Gripping. It's 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 not impressive at all. No, like, but no, got no. Okay, isn't. give me give me the hardest turn, the hardest braking area, the most pressure you put through. Like I think you, the like most I've ever there. done is sixteen bar, but that was like breaking up into a like into a hill. So sick, but on a, like a normal corner, you would you would pull like sort Pounds of anything anything from sort of seven to ten okay. on a normal like corner. But like if you uh, know if you got like a grip test and yeah, you did, yeah, yeah. if you pulled seven or ten bar, it's like you you wouldn't need to be muscly to do it. Like a, a child would be able. But to But it's pull it it's significant braking on the bike. Yeah, it's like it's, it's the, 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 the I mean the transfer. skill the skill comes in involved like trying to get that fine balance between doing a stoppy yeah. and obviously you need the rear on the ground to be br- braking and using it as engine brake but it might slide so you've got that thing of back near. it's it i'm not downplaying the skill involved because a braking braking is like He's really not difficult all, that's but I'm, all i'm saying is all i'm saying is that actual power involved isn't like yeah isn't the, the actual finger strength isn't exactly, significant yeah. but the the braking is yeah, yeah but yeah, isn't, gotcha. how do you brake on a motorcycle no, no, we are right so. hand. No, no, when you hit the front brake, mm-hmm. how do you brake? Just quickly. Two yeah. fingers. Yeah, like we call it lemon. In the old belt, it's called lemon braking. So, <laughs> je- <laughs> yeah, like uh, it, you don't snatch at it. It's lemon 
you know, gentle, really firm, and then that's, gentle. That's off. the opposite to bike racing. Is so it? It, it? Like when you start riding at a higher and higher level, you you, you sort of start analysing your, your, wow. your, how you brake. Yeah. And the, the optimal way to brake is to stab the brake so you get your maximum, um, you get your maximum pressure initially so it, if you were looking at it on a on a graph mm-hmm. it would shoot up and then it sort of fades off like a sort of ski slope into the and faded off as you get to the apex but uh, one of the things it's totally alien. No, no, yeah, no, one of the things i've worked had to work on is because i was breaking to like sort of 80 percent then gradually going up to 100 percent and then fading it back off mm. and that's something that you would would be the difference between like a, a reasonably good rider and an excellent rider like if you looked at like a Johnny Ray's data for example you would see a big stab and then you would you see the 100% right to the apex <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. Off. Mm-hmm. yeah I did I, I did a few of the old Ron Haslam days you know when All they right. go through your telemetry and stuff and like I remember the, the I think I had was it Tristan Palmer was yeah, was the chap I was out with, and um, we came in and you know I'm thinking to myself, oh yes, sign me up. And uh, <laughs> Give he, me the honor he, right he saw, now. Yeah, he overlaid. I think I think it was Ron's, just like one of Ron's out having a sandwich runs, and and it's totally what you said. Total, mine was all analog, where I'm gentle on the throttle, off the throttle, and the brakes, and then you looked at like Ron's, and it's just bang on off. So he's either fully on the brakes or he's on the throttle, and uh, it's doing it's doing it all at once, isn't it? It's yeah. Like just, 100% percent on and while going down the gearbox trying to aim for a turn. Yeah. It is phenomenal. But I tell you what, the reason I was asking how you brake, your listeners and your viewers want to see how he brakes. It, it, it is amazing. Show with fingers. It, no, so it's most weird. most people break with them too. I don't mm-hmm. know if lemon the cameras will get yeah, yeah, lemon breaking. Yeah. For some reason, I, I use either them two or them three. Oh, wow. So right. like I, I always keep my index finger on the on throttle the and yeah. then use the others. But but, know, why, but why though? Like, explain why? Because like listen to this, it's brilliant. This is why I always thought it's a, yeah, like breaking, and then as you're getting off the brake, your throttle's already like in. That's How the, the theory. It obviously works. No, it's, it's, it's one of them things though. Do you know when you stop and you think about it, yeah. you just you you get everyone has their own style, and yeah. then you just get used to doing, and that becomes your normal. And it's something I've never thought about, but when I've looked at a picture, I've been like, ooh, that's, that's weird, but I just do it. Like, <laughs> keep doing it now. You've yeah, got to keep yeah. doing it now. How, how do you break, then? Lemon. Lemon. <laughs> full also, lemon, mate. Full also, lemon. If, if you did a grip test with them two fingers and then you did one with them two fingers, my, I'm a lot stronger with them two. Like, funny, I used to break. <laughs> I, I used to So break. much I could say, but I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Get on, Bobby. Yeah. But I used to break with all, like, all four fingers. <laughs> Yeah, you have to go on YouTube to see why I did that noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I used I used used to break with all four fingers. Right. And then I had a bit of a mishap, and I started a lemon break from that point D- onwards. Do so. tell. What's the mishap? Oh, blimey. Sorry, man. I didn't know. <laughs> no, no, that's it. No, that's uh, no, Is that it's... work related? No, no. Uh, motorcycle racing. Jeez, was it? Motorcycle racing. It was. Uh, it was a week. It was a week and a half before my first Macau Grand Prix. Wow. So I got invited over to this uh, short circuit race called the Sunflower Races. Right. Um, it's in Northern Ireland at Bishop's Court, and like they got all the hair gel wankers like in there. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> it's a compliment, you know. By the way, if you're listeners, what that is, it's like, I would love to be a hair gel wanker. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, saying I'm nothing. Not Look, I, I'm, I'm saying, saying exactly, nothing. I would love to be that good looking and that fast. It just, it'll never, it'll never work for me. So, no, they invite the fast lads, the BSB lads, and they all turn up. So, like, you had Christian in there, you've had Richard Cooper, Danny Buchan, you've got the cream there. So, yeah. they all turn up in Ireland. So, anyway, I turned up on my own ZX6. 
And uh, next thing I knew, I woke up in hospital. And um, yeah, I've actually got it videoed on my phone if you want to see it. Yeah, go on. Go on then, right. Anyway, so like, so there's me. I'm done, like, now, you'll be thinking, why on earth has he got it filmed on his phone? Now, my dear mother has always said to us, right, son, every time you go racing, you carry two things, your mobile phone and a tenner. Right. And she goes, right, the reason you're carrying your phone is if you crash, you don't ring an ambulance, you don't ring Jesus, you ring me first. <laughs> and I said, what the hell's a tenner for, mother? She goes, well, if you break down at a pub, you can buy yourself a pint. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> this is me mother through. I like it's the like logic. TT ride. TT ride, because there's that many pubs around the circuit if you pull up anyway. but So... Went to Northern Ireland, got me levers on and everything like that, right knee but I put my phone in my pocket and that was the last thing I remember. I can remember I had my dad's at like um, ER6 there as well and I woke up in hospital, like my arm bandaged up and all sorts and I just thought, and I just went, oh, what bike was he on? He goes, oh, he goes, don't worry, it wasn't your dad's bike. Went, oh, <laughs> my, thank God for that. So anyway, I wrote my own bike off, but like all serious. And so I said, what, what have I done to my hand? He goes, well, you've, you've, you've butchered your finger. I went, all right, knee bother. I said, well, can I film you? Can I film it? And I said, well, why are we going to have to cut it off? I said, no, I definitely want to film it now. So anyway, so this is me. This is me. I swear, swear down, this is me. That's him cutting your finger off? Yep. You hear the chop. I tell you what, and that's the end of that. Your, your, your camera here. Well, you've got to have a sense of humour with these oh, things, haven't you? Oh so, my god! So anyway, your GoPro footage, yeah. Still a bit sick. That's the end of that. He's still, still <laughs> so, got his fingers off. I mean, so, it's, did in you mam, it's in my mum's freezer. <laughs> so anyway, I had this open argument with a surgeon. He goes, "Well, you can't film it." I said, "Why, why can't I film it?" I my said, finger. I, exactly. Yeah. There's me. He goes, "Wait, you can't film it." I said, "Wait, you're not cutting my finger off, then, mate." He goes, "Well, wait, wait, wait." I goes, "Look, is the finger got to come off?" Yes. Well, I said, "Well, I want to film it." He goes, "Well, you can't show it to your friends." I went, "Well, don't worry, I don't have any friends." Here we are, a couple of years later, on a podcast. <laughs> and it's so, now on YouTube. It's now on YouTube. To 40-odd thousand people. So they, they cut it off and they put it in this little pot and they put it on the table. I said, can I keep that? And this, like, as quick as the Irish are, the guns look, son, it's not exactly like the two fairy. You're not going to get a, a quid under your pillar. I guns, no, but I want I want to... It's my finger. Can I not keep your finger? It goes, no, you can't have that finger. There's no way on God's green earth you're taking that finger. It's a biohazard. Obviously, since Victor Frankenstein nicking body parts from right. the graveyard's been a bit frowned upon. So there's me going, all right, knee bother. Crack on. Now, the silly doctor right, said, right, there's going to be a nurse here in 10 minutes to come tidy it up. That's right, knee bother. So anyway, the doctor leaves, shuts the blinds out, and I just saw my finger on this table. I went, mint, pinny up, legs open, finger down, leg shut, pinny buck. And I've quit. So anyway, so right about 10 minutes goes. And this nurse comes in. She was, ah, I'll tell you what, she wasn't hard to look at either, I remember. So she turns up with a clip, oh, hello, Dominic, you all right? I goes, hi, hi. I said, hi, it's been a hell of a day, hell of a day. And she's looking round. She's tidying things up, and I could see her. Looking, then looking at me, then looking back at her clipboard, then looking at the table, then she'd look under the table, then back to looking at me. <laughs> and I'm going, I can hear I can hear the question. I can hear the question. So anyway, about a couple of minutes go by and she can't say, uh, Dominic, um, have you seen your finger? I said, That's a bit insensitive. I've just lost it. <laughs> so anyway, she, anyway, she's dropped Don't it. Don't tell me you've lost it. Like, just, so anyway, she's dropped it. She's legged it off. So anyway, <laughs> me, 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 Lauren comes in. 
she comes in like with me helmet and I said like so I drop I drop this pot of finger and I drop it in the lid and I said Lauren get away with that she goes you're what I can't like you're gonna have to go with it she goes well what the hell's in it I said that's my finger she goes I'm not taking that I said take the lid leave the hospital right now <laughs> yeah, and she goes, so anyway she's she's picked this lid up and she's just hooned out the hospital <laughs> and this surgeon goes where's your finger I, went, I don't know mate I'm not gonna check me over so anyway I'm lifting me penny up and all sorts so that's not uh, my finger. Oh no, it's not my finger. It's a it's a bit of a long winded story, all this. To be fair, but um, I tell you what, the heart, the most heartbreaking. Like referring back to my mother. Yeah. My dear mother hates one thing, and she lets me like you know have, um, every decision I've made has been off my own back. They've never put mo- like money into me, whatever. Blah 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 blah. And she hates tattoos. All right. Hates tattoos. Now the day before I lost my finger. Guess what I got done? <laughs> no. Half me bloody arm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm going home and I'm going, oh my God, I've got this tattoo on. So I'm in the van home, missing a finger. <laughs> driving the <laughs> van the home. Driving the thick like going with this tattoo on my arm. So anyway, I, go, I march up the drive. She goes, hey, hello, son. You all right? You all right? I can't see. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's been, it's been a hell of a trip. It's been a hell of a trip. And she goes, I said, mother, I've got a, I've got a present for you. She goes, what do you mean? I said, I've got a present for you. Can you hold out your hand, shut your eyes. So anyway, shuts her eyes, puts her hand down. I present her with this finger in a pot, right? It's totally mashed up to shite. So I present her with this pot, put it in her hand. She opens her hand. Now a proper Northumbrian woman, she just looked at it, didn't shriek with horror, nothing. She looked at it, looked at me and went, do you think that's funny? I said, you think that's funny? <laughs> anyway, I revealed this time. She nearly went for me throat. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, that was some crack, that man. And she still got it in her freezer now? It's still in the freezer. So wow. we have to get raided by the police again. We've got some explaining the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Explain that one. <laughs> Blimey. Crikey. Right, we're doing well there. We are 41 minutes in and we've done one question. Yeah, I do apologise. There you go. Right, second question then. Matt Jordan, if you were given life without parole and you had to pick one cellmate out of the following people to spend the next 25 years with, who would it be and why? The options are a hormonal Justin Bieber, Begbie from the original Train Spotting, or an inquisitive TMF and his collection of a. Do you know who TMF is? I want to know now. TMF is um, he's another bike YouTuber. Does the same sort of stuff as I do. He's called the Missenden Flyer. He's probably <laughs> one of the biggest in the UK. He's got like 180 or 190,000 subs. Massive. But he's a thing about butt plugs. Long story. I'm in. Can't really I'm go into it in. <laughs> So you got Justin Bieber, Begbie, or uh, butt plug TMF. I, I know trains, but I have seen trains, but I don't know <laughs> the, the character. Begbie. He's the one that, uh, he's the nutter. Um, Robert Kalyle, you know Robert Kalyle, the actor. Yeah, that's him. It's him. So he's the one where he he drinks he drinks out his pint, throws it over his shoulder, and it it smashes on some girl in the original train spotting. I'll go for that because I think he would be good crack. <laughs> Jeez, wow. Okay, Captain Butt Plugs. I you think he's crack TMF, he's coming for you. Oh, <laughs> that's gone out. Why is that gone out? Sorry about that, folks. Uh, slight camera issue. We are back up and running. So we went with. Uh, Chrissy, you said you'd take Begbie in the cell for 25 years. Good luck with that. And Dom, you went with TMF and his uh, assortment of plugs and gadgets. It's got to be done, hasn't it? Life's for living. Speaking of but Wow. Plugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to know I what you're doing with this. There's a story. There's a story. 
Ask him uh, the most eight now. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, do, do. I better know. I better know. I think Tom knows what I want, so he can I've, he can speak a, now if feel, he wants. I've got a feeling, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. So I think we'll leave that one there. Let's uh, leave that one for okay. another time. Okay. There okay. We go. Would I would I need to edit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not do that one. <laughs> Save that for next time. Yeah. If I... <laughs> It's amazing how many like uh, scenarios I'm going through in my head. There's a fair bit. I need help, mate. I need help. <laughs> there's, there's definitely stories there for later. Definitely. Right, next one. ATCJ5. If, there we go. I always get this. If Bruce hasn't mentioned that he rode around the world or said he has a GS, don't worry, he will. Thanks very much. Cheers. <laughs> would you guys ride around the world and would you take Bruce with you? I would absolutely love to that. Would you? Absolutely love to. Other other than I would miss out the bit in was it Senegal or so wherever you would <laughs> Mauritania. Mauritania. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't fancy that. Some, something about getting does. kidnapped. Uh yeah, it was it's just <laughs> it was a really long story and I'll try and make it as brief as possible because people will be fed up hearing it. Um <laughs> the Boko Haram lot, they're they're the um lot that kidnapped the schoolgirls in Nigeria do you remember sort of 2012 sort of time right. I don't know if you, if you if you remember there was a big explosion in Central Africa of the the Islamic fundamentalist group called Boko Haram I think it's Boko Haram but anyway they had exploded all through Africa and they'd taken over Mali which is a country next door to Mauritania they'd sacked like Tim, the famous Timbuktu and all this sort of stuff and they'd come across and were now starting to come into Mauritania so the government there flooded the area with police and troops to try and combat that. And there's only two roads in Mauritania, two like tarmac roads in Mauritania, because it's, it's, it's the Sahara Desert, basically. Mm. So I was going down the far sort of western edge of the desert on the, on the road, and there's just checkpoints everywhere. So I got stopped at one of the checkpoints on the way to this, an infamous border between Mauritania and Senegal called Rosso and it's known as the most corrupt border in, in Africa and it's I, amazing how borders like that survive yeah you know, well, they're the most corrupt one oh well carry on amongst the it's business. a booming industry um, <laughs> and I basically just got set up by the, the police at this checkpoint they were working with a gang so when I got to the border I got taken away by the gang and just they, they just wanted money so they had a bit of fun with me for three or four hours got some cash and then eventually I was through into Senegal and got to Dakar and thought forget this for a game of soldiers I'm going back to Blighty and uh, yeah then set off again on the trip from there so. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I guess with racing, I wouldn't really want to take more than uh, you know a few months at the moment. But yeah. when I'm retired from racing, I think that would be absolutely awesome. Mate, yeah, if, if it's something you ever want to do, like tra you don't need to do the whole round the world thing. But if there's something that you want to do, traveling on a bike, just do it because yeah. it's, it's it's awesome. It's I know awesome. quite a few people that uh, they take a like a lorry of bikes out to. I think it's Mazzano uh -huh. MotoGP. So then you fly over, watch watch the racing, yeah, and then you you come back like up through the Alps and whatever. And I th I've always thought that would that be sounds hellish. That would be, be mega because you get the a weekend race and mega and brilliant a real good road trip back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe yeah, if in, further down the line. Oh, honestly, yeah. sorry, go on. Sorry, no. Have you ever done that Route sixty six? That's yeah. always been a bit. What, what's that like? I did, I didn't do the full route from Chicago to like the West Coast, but I did a little bit of Route 66 on, on my trip when I was coming back across like west to east and it's some parts of it are everything you think it will be you know mm. the, the road's even got Route 66 painted in the road and yes, it's that. iconic and you go through the odd little sort of town that is 
living off of the Route 66 tourism industry. But then there's other parts of it which are just, they're now freeway, they're just motorway now. You know, so Long that loads it. And then there's other parts of it that are literally dirt, dirt track. Like n- nobody, really? go, nobody goes, they're on the original Route 66. There's parts of it where no one goes down it anymore. So there's, all the towns are ghost towns. There's nobody living there anymore. So there's no fuel, there's nothing. So you have to watch You've got a plan. You go. Yeah, we've got to properly think about what you're doing plan. before you go for it. I did yeah. the North Coast 500 not too long ago. Absolutely. In a van. That. No, no, in a van. In a van, yeah. <laughs> but that, that was... It's stunning, fun. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is beautiful. stunning. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would like to go back and do that on a bike. Definitely. Yeah, do. This year, I think most of most of England was up there this year. There's just a procession mm. of bikes. You know, as soon as, as soon as lockdown got lifted, people just went poof, straight up Scotland and did North Coast 500. Yeah, for months it was just like M25 round there. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself, Tom? You fancy a bit of travelling? Um, I've always fancied that route because the I mean, whole iconic state yeah, like yeah, status yeah. of it. But I, I've actually got a Honda Grom for the road. Nice. Um, I think the last trip I took, I rode from Newcastle straight up over to Stranraer, got on the Stranraer ferry, and then uh, well, basically the, uh, they had a charity do called the Cookstown 100 Show. Yeah, yeah. And they said, well, give you 250 quid, but that includes your travel. And I thought, what's the cheapest possible way <laughs> I can go to Northern Ireland? It was 55 quid on the ferry with me and the bike. And that's, so, I Brilliant. think, honestly, I think I put 20 quid in the tank, this little grom. But how much fun did you have on it? My arse was killing this. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, there was no comfort on that thing. But I'll tell you what, right, it was a proper head turner of a bike. People looked again I want the die so I went from Cookstown I went up to the the northwest I went and spoke to Mervyn White who's retired from there now but I went and spoke from there then I drove down to Fermanagh on the bike I had I did such a round trip on that thing Brilliant. on a Honda Grom and to be fair fair play to Honda because that thing sat there's only a four speed box in it 60 mile an hour off its tits on the limit <laughs> <laughs> One, two, five of pure fury. We've just done, there's me and two other sort of bike YouTubers, a guy called uh, Richie Vida and uh, another chap from London called Mr. Fish. All weird names. But um, Mr. Fish and I, he, he's a tube driver. And he, he messaged me and said, I've got, I've got like a week, two weeks off. I fancy going sure. somewhere on a bike. Where will I go? And he'd never ridden outside of London. You know, he's, he's ridden in the States, but he'd never ridden outside of London in, in the UK before. So I was like, Scotland, I'll come with you. Let's go and do Scotland. So he's like, too far. I'm going to do it on the Cub. So I was like, right, I can get, I'll get a little 125 from one of the manufacturers. Let's go and do Wales. We'll go to Wales. So we're like, right, let's do that. And then we got in touch with Richie Vida, who lives up in the Peak District. And he was like, I'll get, I'll get a little Cub as well from Honda come to the Peak District and we'll do some of the Peak District. So like, yeah, let's do it. So the three of us, me and Fish, ended up riding on 125s from London up to the Peak District. Met up with Rich. We did a day's tour all around the Peak District, off-road and going over fjords and everything. It was great fun. And then Rich left us and me and Fish went across into Wales and did like Snowdonia and we just yeah met up with some locals down in Wales and they took us for a spin. It's brilliant. It's a three-part series on YouTube. So if you've not seen it, yeah, I'm gonna have a watch of that. That's big little adventure. It, it, honestly, it was so much fun. 
like I'm I'm twenty stone. Fish is eighteen stone. He's six six three. I'm six three. So two of us on these little one two fives. And as you said, I mean I had this Sinus one two five bouncing off the red limiter <laughs> constantly, and I'm doing hundreds of maybe fifty eight mile an hour a push like downhill with a wind behind me. <laughs> That's it. Was a, a scream. Like we're at Malou Park right now. Where me and Dom have been racing, and uh, it was like a one two five endurance race yeah, today. Yeah. But it was, it's called a free tech endurance thing. I think it's originated in South Africa and the uh, Hudson Kenner who's a previous Superstock 1000 champion uh, stopped racing on the short circuit uh, like a um BSB and yeah. he did the TT and stuff and uh, he's kind of brought the concept of this endurance thing over to to the UK it's boomed and uh, time, it's it? do you know yeah. what? It's, it's the best bit about it is just going around the paddock and all of the bikes are like dirt, really really cheap just sort of put together yeah. but you can tell that it's been, you know, it's many hours being spent by the lads and, and ladies, sorry, and um, preparing the bikes, getting them all ready, getting bits, like making sure this fits. Yeah. Like little, like um, I was speaking to a lad, Ryan, last night, and he'd made a homemade quick shifter and uh, just, uh, you know, <laughs> you using your initiative. <laughs> and um, But when we're out racing, like there was 80, 80 odd of 80 us on the grid today, else. and everyone's there just for the same reason, uh, sort of biking. All biking people all together, just having the having a great time. And Brilliant. Yeah. You couldn't have named it any better because you had BSB stars like him, Tom and Tim Neve. You've had people from all over. You've got male male and female straight up from like B&B, like Lizzie Whitmore. We've got like Jodie Fieldhouse. We've got absolutely that many different varieties of riders. Brilliant. And quite frankly, no one gave a shite where they finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just having, absolute... a, having a hoot on the bikes. Oh, so you, you were telling me a, a, a fan fascinating story about stroking some bloke's ass that you thought you knew it was going, like, going down the <laughs> whole lot, street yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, so he's going down wide you, like you, you used to on, on a straight on a thousand cc bike you, pretty you much blink. the whole way down yeah. the the bikes wanting to wheelie and the either the electronics are cutting it or you're physically on the back brake like so you never ever get a chance to like relax basically on a whole yeah. lap where with these one two fives after the first few laps you get on the straight and then you know you've got another like 10 15 seconds before you get to the next corner and it's quite boring to be honest so <laughs> as i was grab some air, as boy. i was kind of like passing people i thought i knew somebody so I, as a joke i thought i would just like tickle his bum as i went past so i was going down the straight kind of like just tickling away and then i looked and i thought ooh i don't actually know him <laughs> and I'll it, keep doing and it, it yeah and he just he, he got the shock of his life and then just looked at us with utter disgust uh, and I just kind of passed him and then so oh, that genius. puts it in perspective how long he had to touch his yeah, bloke's yeah, yeah. arse this bloke to think about he's getting violated and then to give him a look that's how slow the bikes were going down the street because like Baron, what can you do round here on a big bike round here like oh, uh, it, like you're talking you're just off. over yeah, 50, yeah. Uh, you know 50 second laps so you're hooning around here today and we're like banging out 120 like 1 minute 20 laps kind of thing and you're just thinking you've got enough time to violate random strangers Chrissy fair play shows the class of the lap oh man <laughs> I think my, my little escapade is going to be boring now don't bother watching I want to watch I want to watch this race sound like oh, no, we've peaked at violation and uh, <laughs> cutting fingers off so there you go <laughs> right uh Next question, Mike Phillipson. Great to have a couple of Geordies on brew time. Is the Westgate Road still a mecca for all things motorbike in the northeast? I used to love going round there on a Saturday on my 50cc to watch loads of wheelies up the hill. Which one of you is the best rider and who does the best wheelies? 
I'll start by saying West Westcote Road is like the main uh, biking road in Newcastle. Yeah. So dope. it goes pretty much from the city centre. Yeah. All, and then it's on a big hill. And uh, I remember as a kid going there for to get my motocross things, and like it would you would see loads of people just banging it up on the back wheel, and like noisy bikes and big congregations of of you know pe- bikers out. Yeah. Even just you would meet there just to like get a drink and a sandwich and whatever. It's it's nothing like that. Nothing like that now. It's 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 been really depleted, and I mean it's still where the bike shops are or some of the bike shops, but it's um, it's just it. Yeah, it's not a patch on what it what it right. used to be, and um, yeah, it's sort of a bit sad to see, really, because there's a lot of kind of barbers and sort of um, salt and pepper, just it, coffee just like shops, and all yeah, that sort of cafes stuff. and stuff, and yeah, the, so the main bike shops of mm. uh, yeah, well, it's it, it's it's a proper sign of the times, isn't it? You know, you think the motorcycle culture in general is struggling if you yeah. know what I mean and it's always keeping that grass and obviously what you're doing here is fantastic you know keeping keeping that one, going one man, I was speaking to someone about this the other day actually is when when we go to the race meeting so either the TT or uh, like at BSB where I go some there's big obviously big crowds to the to the meetings obviously not this year but usually mm-hmm. but if you look at the demographic of the people that are coming it's very much kind of middle-aged yeah. and onwards and there's it, it it's kind of worrying for us because it's it, biking though isn't it now yeah. seems to be and uh, i don't know if that stems from it being really difficult to get your license i'm fine now just to get my license yeah. it's, oh, the, it's the, sort of en- the barriers to entry to this yeah. into the the sport is, is which is a ridiculous high. thing because you're the national like stock thousand champion mm-hmm. and yet there's loads of barriers in front of you to to ride a bike and i i understand I think everyone understands why they're they're making it hard for people to to get a bike, especially a big bike, because yeah, you can kill yourself really quickly on one. But what a load of crap! Do you not think? What a load of shite! It's the person on the throttle. You can kill yourself on a 50cc, you can kill yourself on a thousand. Yeah, but it's a lot easier to do it on Ah, a thousand cc bike. A gun's a gun. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, the problem is, we're such a blame culture now that you've got to hide behind an excuse and find, mm. like, like, we're trying to slow them down getting a bike. But yet, you know, any 17-year-old bell end, you know, with a rich mummy and daddy guy, there's an Audi R32. Yeah, absolutely. Cram, yeah. cram the car full of five people and not give a flying toss and roll a car and kill several people. But on a motorcycle, it encourages safe behaviour. Now, I've come from a motorcycle family, like, me, you know, both my sisters have their bike licences. It makes you a safer person on the road yeah because you're thinking about position in a car other people's actions 100 percent, because it's actually engraved with us the fact of like it's so much dangerous to be on a bike yes that is a good thing yes it's a bad thing but the the, putting a physical barrier it's just a money-making scheme yeah it's 100 percent because they're getting two tests because the the industry's struggling. Mm-hmm. They're going. We need to make more cheddar, right? We'll put two more tests in front yeah, of you. Yeah. I think, also, I think the knock-on effect of that bit of a rant there. So, <laughs> no, like, say if you go to Spain and everyone's whizzing around on all mm. the little kids are whizzing around on fifties or yeah. whatever, sixteen. Yeah. There's that. There's that culture of biking, mm-hmm. which then translates to there's bike racing on at the weekend. So everyone's like has a, some sort of interest, even mm-hmm. if you've just got like a little fifty cc. You would then sort of relate to MotoGP because you you. you 
you're both on two wheels yeah. and therefore you have an interest and therefore yeah. the sport gets bigger and it's kind of more emphasis on the sport where really if like where where we live in Newcastle there's there's hardly any people racing and if you I mean I'd, none of my friends would have bikes on the road I'd, it's very rare you see kids kids on no, that you don't, do you? Yeah. You don't. when I say kids like anyone under the age of kind of 30 very very rare to see them on, on, on the road there seems to be down, down south anyway there seems to be a uh, how have you kept your Scottish accent as well if you live down there? I'm not going to sound like them. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not going to sound like them, damn it. They are. Fair um, play. Like down south, there definitely seems to be more people on small CC bikes now, like 125s, 400s, that sort of stuff. But that seems to got, be booming. You've got the added thing in London as well. Of Commute. Commuting, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think with COVID as well, a lot of people have gone, I'm not getting on that train anymore so yeah they've, they've just gone and got themselves a little bike and we, we had a guy on recently uh, on our podcast from stolen motorcycle recovery london yes i listened yeah, to that one yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that was really interesting because obviously that's that's another issue but we'll well, he actually helped i uh, a couple of friends of mine they they rode little 125 cc's from uh, well, from London all the way to Ulanuda in Russia in something called the Mongol Rally, which you have to do it on bikes. It's got to be 125cc or below, and in cars it's 1.2 litres or below. Basically, the, the more shit a vehicle, the better. That's what they want. It's a great laugh. It I? sounds like an event straight on my street. I mean, honestly, if you love that sort, you'd love it. So uh, they, they, they did it on these bikes, these 125 Cynuses, and Holly had her bike nicked when she came back to London. So I just <laughs> listened to your podcast with this bloke and I was like, geez, right. So I contacted Paul and Holly and said, have you heard about this bloke? He, he recovers. So I put him in touch with him and they got the bike. Shut up, man. Yeah, yeah, they got it. It wasn't just because of him, but um, I did a bit of a social media thing on my Facebook and mm -hmm. and I think they did on, on theirs and stuff. And somebody that had seen it on social media went, I think I've seen that bike down here. So they went down to these garages and boof, there it was. So yeah, she got a bike back. There you are, you see the power of social media. Yeah, yeah. He does great work, that that bloke, the mm. stolen recovery guy. Mm. It's he funny because we, when we spoke to him, we <laughs> pictured him to look like you and sound like sound like you, like give us my bike back, type of thing. And it wasn't like <laughs> that. No, this and he's, he's like very unconfrontational. Yeah, it's not like he he goes there and his physical presence, you know, scares scares the criminals yeah. to get the bikes back. It's it's very much like he just kind of goes and gets Hello. the bikes. Hello, yes, I yeah. believe that's not yours. Dear boy. Yeah. Yeah, so if you could they return the keys to that, before I rip your teeth out, that'd be most <laughs> terrific. But yeah, awesome, awesome work in it because it's the work, I, I've had a bike. From, oh, yeah. from home and mm. it's the worst you do live in Burnham it's like so. the, you know that whole violation thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, of like yeah, yeah, someone yeah. actually coming onto your property yeah. and like taking something that you've worked hard to get and yeah. like yeah it's, it's it's the worst feeling in the world so yeah it's to be to be sort of re putting people back in with their own property it yeah, must, yeah. you must get a right good kick out yeah of that. definitely definitely yeah well yeah, sadly it's a bit of an issue in, in London really so I think it is in a lot of the cities now isn't it but mm. yeah I, I had somebody try to jack I was on a GS coming in going into work actually God, just... they must have been in a bad place to jack a GS <laughs> <laughs> do you know, do you know they're, they're one of the... we need the money it's worth the shot <laughs> they're, one, they're one of the most stolen bikes in London really GSs yeah 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 because right. there's so many of them <laughs> every wanker's got one yeah. <laughs> right, there's another part of Mike's question. Which one of you is the best rider and who does the Chrissy. best wheelies? Wheelies? Um, I'm more accidentally put into them. Yeah. I, w I went to a wheelie school to learn, but I'm still not that good. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do a decent wheelie. I, I, can't, I can't do a stationary. Is it? To where, like, you know, you know, if you put me on a flat road, mm -hmm. 30 mile an hour, you know, when you see these like gangsters in America, yeah. it's mint. 
the, the skill level's phenomenal. Yeah. They just hold it up on the back brake and just ride the clutch out. Like me, I've, I think every photo I've ever had on a road race is on the back wheel because it's potholes and bumps <laughs> and jumps and everything. Everything is just murdering the back brake all the time. When I went to, I went to wheelie school years ago. It must have been nearly nearly 10 years ago, something like that. But there's a proper science to it and you, that you're the teacher and then you get mm. all day to practice. And it's some, you basically go along uh, at, say, 6,000 revs and then you press the back brake, which loads the front, front up. Yeah. And then you, I think every thousand RPM you move, it it's fifteen degrees of lean angle. It's fifteen degrees. Jeez. So you, you only have to rev it from six to nine thousand, and then you drop the clutch and release the back brake at the same time, and it goes up to forty-five degrees. And then you you basically you just obviously <laughs> at, at that point, if you want it to go further, you just twist the throttle a little bit, and yeah. if it starts to drop, you pick the throttle up, and yeah. you're basically just balancing it like that. And it, once you practice it for a while, you'll have loads of your listeners <laughs> around trying this like now. That. What? It Why does actually do? become it. And what what kind of really got me into it is you go on the back of this guy and he's just talking to you, dead calm and things, and he, he goes through it and, you know, th- 3,000 more RPM, drop that, and it just comes up so slowly and he's carrying on talking to you like you're just, like, <laughs> having a coffee and, and you're going along about, you know, 60, 70 mile an hour, 45 degrees, and he's literally just chatting away to you and then when it comes to putting down he just rolls the throttle levers and it's so controlled and yeah, chilled yeah, yeah. it sort of inspires confidence and then go. you do it and... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah after a full day I, I was pretty decent but I never oh, this, this year <laughs> you've got to keep practicing this, it yeah, the, the, this year I mean the bike I was riding this year is like the build price of it's over 30 grand and if I if I crash it I'm liable for what I, oh. uh, for whatever I um, damage. I have to pay to repair it. So hence why I've not tried one wheelie. Oh, yeah. what, even even, you're, even when you're racing, you... when I'm oh, racing, yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. A, oh. no, no, like lads. The oh thing my is, god, there's only a handful of paid riders, and the rest mm. have got to pay for their ride. Yeah. Like Chrissy's had to pay to loan the bike this year. Jeez, but yeah. The, I mean, the build price is wow. like thirty. I think. There's a few option optional extras, but it's any, anywhere from sort of thirty two to thirty seven. So no thirty seven grand for the bike. Yeah, it's a mega bit of kit. That's like pressure, it. isn't so it? So if anyone is multi-millionaires you, and want to sponsor him and cannot, in turn sponsor me, that'd be brilliant. You, you pretty much cannot <laughs> crash for like less than a grand because, like, even if you oh. just do the very basic things, it's it's a grand. But you, like. Do you know when you see crashing when it's sliding along and it's staying on one side? Yeah, you're like you're pr- you're pretty safe at that because your wheels tend to be okay. Your frame, you, especially if it's not on the exhaust side, that's a that's an added bonus. But do you know when you see push hard on. Do you know way. when you see the bikes dig in? So yeah. like say if it hits the gravel and then and it, it flips. flips. That's you. You just stri- it's like every flips like five grand or whatever. It, it's really really like but adds up t- quickly. Like a foot peg, a clip on fairing, engine guards. Clocks, it, 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 like you said, you you couldn't have put it any better. It's it's a thousand pound a drop. If you oh. took it off the paddock stand, a race bike, and just let go of it, it's a thousand quid. Oh my god, Jeez. it's a dangerous game. It's a, but obviously, on it, it you're on it's a knife. Right though, you're on a knife edge because you're obviously there to do a job. You're trying to improve your skills. You're trying to push beyond where you you, you sort of you're safe and comfortable. Yeah. So like any anyone could go and race and just be safe and comfortable and stay at the same skill level and be sort of mid pack or whatever and not take many risks. But if you if you want to win, you obviously have to step out of your comfort zone yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But a crash is so catastrophic financially and also you can really hurt yourself. Mm. So it, we talk about this you know, if you're talking about like say tennis or f- darts or something you can practice that so much and the the sort of cost of getting it wrong 
would be you might lose a point or mm. whatever. But with by grace, it's a proper it's, financial it's same, implication. It's, it's yeah. the same sort of analogy One in terms more. of you kind of you wanting to practice and you wanting to push slightly beyond your limits and mm-hmm. try new things. But when it goes wrong, it's it's the worst sport in the world. And yeah. it's injury and finances. This is it. it so. Yeah, the consequences are severe on both. And that's why it's meant. In ter- yeah, in, in terms <laughs> suppose, of yeah, when, yeah. when it goes right, it is by far because because of all the risk and because you've really put your balls on the line when it goes right it's just phenomenal but obviously a lot of the time it goes wrong and you just have to get through those hard times everyone goes through everyone who races has real shit times sometimes it's your fault sometimes it isn't and it's the same talking about crash damage if someone knocks you off there's no insurance there's no there's no like rules where if, if it's their fault they pay if you go down you pay for it so it's just to go on the grid is it's a risk. My God, mm-hmm. I had a couple of mates, no, no, no one near you, your boys' levels, but they they took part in the first No Limits rookies yeah, sort yeah. of. Oh, right. we, that I, they I did. Do no did you do that as well? Uh, I do No Limits for practice. Right, so. got you. Yeah, they they well, basically, one of the boys had always wanted to race and had never done it. So when I went away to do my my trip, he was like, "I'm going to race. I'm going to get into racing." And it just coincided when No Limits started the the sort Kick of off, I. yeah the newcomers. Rookie, just in you come. So when I came back, they were racing at Brands. So the first weekend I was back, I was like, right, I'll go to Brands and watch you race. And they managed about another two or three seasons, I think. But even at their level, oh man, it, it was costing them like a grand, 1,200 quid every weekend on on tires, on oh, fuel, that's, that's on, on everything yeah. like that. You know, and then, and then scratching the surface. No, fast, well, yeah. that, this is the thing. And as they got better and faster, oh, they started know, crashing. And, and then obviously the crashes start costing a lot of money don't they and you buy better bikes and that costs more when you crash them and yeah so they don't race anymore it's like any Mary Poppins handbag never ending once you once you get bitten by the bug it's like that thing what Dom was talking about the TT you just you're desperate for more yeah your whole life becomes around that that one thing yeah and you see people you see people who have got no money and whatever, but they they manage to get to the racetrack, whatever. Like somehow, <laughs> by hook or by crook, then yeah, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it it and it does just grab a hold of you like that. And to me, there's there is there's no better way of living to, for for me and my you know preferences. Um, going from racetrack to racetrack, week to week, you know, trying to to get better, get faster, get results, and you know with your little team yeah. and uh, yeah that for me there's just there is nothing better how do you fit it in i mean you're a you're a school teacher yeah. by by trade mm. aren't you so how do you fit that in round and so the i only job? work part time so i work monday tuesday wednesday right. uh, in the classroom and then pack pack this trailer up and get away racing on the weekends brilliant I mean, the kids that you teach, they must know what you do, do they? Yeah, quite, quite a few of them, obviously, with, uh, like, for example, before this last round, out, we've got Look North, you'll have, like, Look South. Or right. Uh, look, <laughs> look North on BBC, so I, 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 a few interviews on that, yeah. like, on the radio, and on, obviously all my races are on TV as well. Yeah. So, uh, that is it. Like you have got Look South. I think I don't watch TV, man. I've yeah. got time. I yeah. spent uh, people will be again. They'll be sick of hearing this, but Edit. I literally spend my life editing or out on the bike. So yeah. you know, I'm living my dream, living really. Dream, yeah. Tonight on looks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'd, I absolutely love it. What do you teach? Maths. Are you geography? Yes. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. 
Yes, I did. A few, a few years ago, I did a, um, a maths degree at Newcastle Uni. Yes. And then I went into teaching straight after. So oh, good I've on done, you. done a few years. And yeah, like you said, the, the kids know, and um, or some of the kids know. Some of them are interested, some of them aren't. Mm. But I kind of just keep them totally separate and, you know, with busy, busy yeah, yeah, yeah. when we're in the classroom. Got a bit, yeah, yeah. But it, it, is, it is a bit weird. I feel like I've kind of got a double life a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where it's, it's almost like playing a almost like an actor playing playing the role of a teacher yeah. and a responsible adult and then <laughs> I kind of leap take my suit off and park that and then I put on my leathers and and like the, the, saw, the fun part of the week begins I saw the picture on your Instagram after you won the, the title you got the and you're in your full sort of yeah. suit there with the with, with, with the cup yeah, yeah, yeah brilliant loving it nice one right next question how, how are you guys for time are you okay Grand, for time I'm absolutely fine sure. I'm just, I think we've got a dominoes coming but after that <laughs> right um Next question, Tony Rolls. Hi all, big Hold follower. On. That's one of our one of our Tony lad. How we doing? There might be more than one, but if it is, there you go. Let's see what he says then. Um, uh, oh, here we go. If you all had to swap jobs with each other, whose would you take and why? I would definitely take yours. 100%. Would you? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no one wants my job. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had a mate that used to be a, a, a tree surgeon, and on my days off, yeah, I your used key, to... Your key work there was there, used to be. What happened to him? Harry Curry? I don't know <laughs> what happened to him. I, I, he was a really good mate, and then I don't. I lost touch with him. I just lost touch with him, and I don't know what... He went insane, that's why, mate. I do. Jumped off a cliff. You know, at, at, at times I would think, oh, it would be great to be like, especially on a nice day, like up in the forest and whatever. Yeah. But the the amount of tra- tra- driving that Dom does up and down the country and the hours and the like he comes around mine and my mum's picking thorns yeah. and ticks yeah. out of us whatever um, and I just think fair play fair play for you know doing that for a living because it, it is proper hard I just used to do it because it was well, in the days when I actually used to go to the gym it was a bit of a workout because I, I, I was basically just the groundsman for him he'd be up the tree chopping the stuff down and then I would just feed it into the chipper Aye. And, it, and it was great I used to love it take a tree and just <laughs> straight through the chipper it's... but I was fucked at the end of the day and like he, like you're saying he's doing it every single day <laughs> <laughs> things you got to do to pay the tyre bill it's a nightmare isn't it yeah but, but no like you say it's like you know when like, you talk about like additional training and everything like that you just think I get home at night and I'm just going the last thing I want to do is go to the gym. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. You're not working hard enough. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you want to go to the gym. I tell you what, I don't know how we're speaking about cost and stuff. So at the Isle of Man TTs over two weeks, you get a week practice and a week mm. race. And if if you all the lads race in like various classes, so you'd have like a twin, a six hundred, a thousand, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. If you go to the TT and you you pay for all of your tires have a estimate the cost of a tyre bill for for one TT. Oh, my God. What is it, a set of tyres every two laps, is it? Uh, a rear every two laps. Oh, <laughs> um, oh like my practice, God. You can stretch it out. Like, practice is not so bad, so you can get, like, around about four laps and stuff like that. You try and, you try and stretch it out. I can't, I can't even... Just uh, pick, pick a figure. Just think. Jesus. Five grand. Six and a half grand. Oh my god! <laughs> Twenty-four liters every two laps on Is a big it? bike of petrol. I haven't even. I don't, I don't even think about that. Wow! Oh Literally, my god! I can't even afford race fuel. That's just straight down to the local. Is it? So I just straight down. You did a hundred and twenty-nine mile an hour average on just like <laughs> Tesco fuel. I honestly out the pump job. I God, man! <laughs> wow! So um, 
like race fuel can give you like on average like a brake or like two brake you know it's a, everyone says it gives you five brake horsepower more it doesn't it gives you but it's a cleaner safer fuel and everything like yeah. that so it's so how many sponsors do you sort of accrue then to, to, to get you through the TT it's kind of a, an accumulation throughout your whole career really you're always okay. picking things up and yeah. Dom, Dom runs a supporters club called the 130 club right. it was designed for this year so that yeah, the it was aim, the first time it was going to go was this year but right. it was like the sort of aim was to, to get the 130 mile an hour and to do that he needed financial support so mm-hmm. he opened it up to like club 130 members yeah. and you could you could Job, uh, chip in 130 quid and you you know you get like all the clothes and so, like a supporters pack type of thing yeah and you get put into a special group where you can uh like get weekly updates and all that type of stuff yeah and um and that obviously uh, things like initiatives like that to raise raise funds for like tires and stuff well if you've got for the, for the both of you if you've got stuff like that let me know the links and folks i'll i'll put links if you listen to the podcast there'll be links to all the socials and all this sort of stuff there'll be links down below and if you're watching a youtube video check out the description because it'll all be there Let's try and help the boys out here. Awesome, thank you very no, much. No problem, no no worries. I mean, it's, it's an insane amount of money, isn't it? And as you said, I've met I've met racers who are literally like sleeping in the back of the van, and that's how they get by. They just literally go from circuit to circuit, don't they? In the back of the van, and everything goes on their racing. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. crazy. Um, right, Tony. What else did he ask there? Uh, Bruce, would you let Dom take you pillion round the TT on your GS? Mind the peacocks on the way around. Yeah, I definitely would. Yeah, Do you know absolutely. the peacock crack? No, go on. Right. God, that sounded a bit seeded, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> read about my peacock, young <laughs> they are. Uh, no. So, no, it was a case of I tipped in the uh, Greba Castle, and I, I, I think only 10% people actually believe me, but as true as I'm sitting here chatting shit with you, right, I'm tipping in. Like you're doing 180 mile an hour, you've just come off Balagari, you're back to, back to fifth, back to sixth, driving, 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 tipping in the Greba Castle, off the throttle, back to, load up the front, tipping in, what do I see? Fucking great big peacock. On right. the circuit? No, no, on the apex, youngin. <laughs> on the apex of tipping in, right? Your full lead angle, on the brake garden. Well, today's my day. You know what I mean? I'm tipping in, right? And I just went, wait, you couldn't, if you over-squeeze the brake on that lean angle, I'm yeah, going yeah, into the wall, yeah, right? Yeah. For all the throttle too much, I'm going to hit the apex too early. Everything like that, I'm going in, right? And I kid you not, this peacock looked me straight in the eyes and went, have a go if you think you're hard enough, son. And I'm just tipping in, and I, like on this microphone, it must be... Wow. That's his peacock. I mean, a midge's dick between... A fag <laughs> cable would have fitted between where... Boom, 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 straight off. I came in, right? Six laps, you do two pit stops. Second pit lap, I went, I nearly hit a peacock. Graham was filling up my fuel, just looking at me and went... Breathe more okay, oxygen, yeah, like, that, that, and That's pretty much it. He just looked at me and went, shut, shut up, man. Just get on with the bike. You know what I mean? And no one believed... Like, to this day, it's been like a running joke from... Because how long's the podcast been going now? From, like, mid-70s. We'll do one a week. Uh, beginning of beginning of 2019, I think it was that. 2019. Ever since then, it was quite an early, early on thing, wasn't it? And it was just like no one still believes us. But it was just this. <laughs> but this peacock, it haunts my like. If I, I wake up and shrieks of horror, screaming like a peacock, like, ah! <laughs> like, like shrieks of horror. It's uh, no, it was uh, that was I was a hell. Of, imagine imagine that here lies Dominic Herbertson. Yeah, I know. Peacock. Wow, what a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it just? But no, if you ever, I'll tell you what, like, uh, speaking of pillions, um, oh, the name will come back to us. Uh, he's a, a professional boxer, Carl Frampton. 
mm-hmm. Carl Frampton, professional boxer, is the exact same size in Bill as a racer called Lee Johnson. Yeah. He's from Fermanagh, Northern yeah. Ireland there. And he's won TTs, he's won Ulsters, he's won the lot. And he took Carl Frampton round the Ulster Grand Prix on a BMW, not like not even like a road going one. They put pillion pegs on his super stock thousand Jesus. bikes. Closed roads, no one else but them two. Now, the thing that built up into that tension of a scenario was the fact of them two sparred <laughs> like prior to this. So you can imagine Carl Frampton giving a dab to like Lee Johnson nearly knocking him clean out all the time for a laugh. So Lee Johnson totally seized the opportunity to scare the living shit out of a sheer can you hear him screaming oh god you can imagine so you're calling in the Leafham's town he must have gone easy into that. He's come around the first corner and he's just totally lit it up to Deer's Leap. Now Deer's Leap is fifth gear drop off the face of the planet turn and you've got someone in the back and he just went oh my Whoa! god Carl came back as white as that chocolate. I'm telling you. I remember pulling in, looking at it, and I just thought, I would love, absolutely love to do, like, give that opportunity to someone yeah. to scare the living shite out of them. So if you're up, would you be up you're for it, I'll be up for it. I'll be up for right? it. Right? Yeah, well, I'll, be, I'll be there next year. He's quivering oh while he's God. saying, say, I'm, I'm on. We'll have a chat with Paul Phillips and Cheetah. Yeah, that that would be, wouldn't it? There you go. Let's do it. Right, I'm Let's 100% it. behind it. 100%. Right. Right. We'll do it. Parade lap. TT, I think it's like oh 200 quid or whatever it is. <laughs> we'll get a bike, put some pillions on it. Do it my GS if you want. 100%, 100%. I'm 100% behind that. At least, at least that one will do 140 top speed. That's oh, it. We'll, get, we'll get a bit more sings out of that. <laughs> I'm telling you, it'll be grand. But would you do a pillion with Chrissy on a short circuit? Jesus. Now that, that would be, a be lot, tasty. A lot less scary. Y- you think? Uh, what, then um, going on the Dom? At the TT. Going on. Yeah, but my, my oh god, Wait, I, don't know. Say, I know which I would prefer. I know my, my if my missus is listening to this, she'd be like, "You get your life insurance in place." Before. <laughs> yeah. I'm just sitting there counting the folds yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. God, go on, Herbson, I'll cut you in half. Just saying it here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's off the back. Said, uh, yeah, I'm up for that. I'm Fantastic. Up for it. Let's let's, let's get magic. Magic oh my happens. God, I'm 100 percent right. behind this. That'd be such a giggle. That. See what you started there, Tony. Cheers, there Cheers Tony. Yeah. Uh, right, uh, Pete. Uh, Pete English. Now, Pete has a bit of a reputation for for dropping some pretty far out questions. So let's see what he's asked this week. Uh, hi guys. Hope you're all fitting well. Question: What what two questions would you ask your motorcycle hero if you ever got the chance to meet them, past or present? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, to be honest, we're we're actually in the fortunate position with the podcast that we are we we are actually interviewing like, yeah. our our heroes. Yeah, uh, we had a day at John McGuinness's house. Uh, I listened and to that. That was one. kind of surreal. Like even just being in his company for me is surreal. But to like sit down and like yeah, me calling John McGuinness a paedophile was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that interview. Obviously, he's not. Uh, right, let's tidy this up. That, 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 interview, that interview began with Dom, a bit of crack. Dom drawing a, a, an analogy between, Michael or a likening between, uh, John's got like a sort of a motorcycle playground in his garden. Yeah. So he, he kind of said, you know, uh, Neverland, Michael Jackson, like you, you're sort of the Michael Jackson of bike racing, apart from you don't touch kids. <laughs> 
as far as like a, an open and evident interview. Exactly, exactly. Brilliant. But uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm, I'm not, not sure at this moment. I'm no. not sure about the, the what question would ask. Just uh, it's just nice to sit down and just sort yeah. of go back and forth and sort of. For me, I, I like to find out about the early life and kind of getting into racing and stuff like that. But yeah, well, but nothing sort of stands out. Mm-hmm. But to be fair though, they're all on the same page, and it was like Josh Brooks was a, like a big shock, like Rob Mack. He seemed re- really decent, Josh Brooks. Brilliant, wasn't yeah. he? And I think. My favourite thing about this is, like, um, I am 100% a million mile an hour behind Chrissy, you know, so you, you, like, he knows a lot more in depth about them and their successes and their careers. And I, what I almost pride myself on within the podcast is sitting there as a regular bike fan but not knowing anything about them, so hmm. I almost ask the questions... That your that, everyday fan might well, I potentially, ask, if yeah. you know what I mean. So, But it's, like, a huge shock, and, like, what's good is... I saw Josh Brooks at that particular interview. Was like, oh, he seems like a bit upfront, a bit of a my well, bit of a dick, really. Anything and all right, you know what's going on. But do you mean before the interview? Before the interview, yeah, yeah. sorry. But just then to I just to clarify. <laughs> but then actually getting to sit there, like sit there, and like the good thing is, what they seem to get different from other interviews is me and him race bikes. Yeah, and they, like it, you seem to get such a different interview compared to other people. For me, I think it's the ta- the time and uh, yes, with the not, not being time restraints, it's mm. you they can really kind of relax. And yeah. after twenty minutes of kind of the sort of introduction questions, you it, you almost forget the microphone. Yeah, there and, and then it just becomes a chat. Exactly then, it? like this and, amongst um, mates and peers. And exactly. That sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. But you yeah. all have the same passion, and it's good like to actually get there. The like your guests to get an opportunity to get their side across and like and I think that's a very rare thing and I think that's what's good about this world now it's like trying to play the social media game yeah. it's difficult yeah. having those opportunities not many people get them that's what I love about the podcast format this long form uh, format because like social media now YouTube especially they say people you basically have I think it's now five to seven seconds to grab people's attention in a YouTube sure. vid yeah and, and then if they don't like what they see, they'll just click onto the next one. So that's why a lot of YouTube vids are like bang, 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 both both changing, you know, changing the camera angles, lots of stuff going on. It's just to constantly keep people's attention. And I, I've even, I kind of do it to an extent just on my on-bike stuff because I change the camera angle, I'll jump cut my edit to try and keep things moving along at a pace. Whereas with this, you know, some of my podcasts have been three hours long because you just sat, chatting away with people mm. and the, the sort of the the contrast between the two you couldn't get you couldn't get a bigger contrast could you but this is to me this is this is normal isn't it it's, a, it's just a conversation with people and mm. I think a lot of people don't don't get that chance to see that side of like Josh Brooks John McGuinness they don't get the chance to just sit and listen to somebody talk for an hour or however long it is exactly yeah Dribble on about shite. It's yeah, funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saying That's about it. it's pub crack, isn't it? That's yeah. why I like. You know, you try and aim it at only the pub crack yeah. side of things. You're saying about McGuinness. I've I've seen him a couple of times. I've never actually met him. I've seen him a couple of times, but he was at Brands. I was at a Bennett's track day uh, back in July on the on the tractor, and uh, McGuinness was there. And he was literally as close as you guys were. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to go and say hello. You know, <laughs> I was just like, "It's John McInnes." I was like, "I can't, I can't say anything." And everyone had said to me because he was in my vid. He's like in the background of one of the vids I did, and they were like, "Just go up and say hello." He's the nicest bloke you'll ever meet. And I was just like, "It's John McInnes." I can't do that. <laughs> but no, but like, it is surreal doing that because like we we've gone like meet people and it's surreal that they just invite you into their homes, yeah, don't yeah, they? And yeah. like, "Hello, you're all right." And you're, you're sitting in John McInnes's living room going. 
ah, this is a bit surreal, like, isn't it? You know, you just, you look up to these people your yeah. entire life. It's like, we recently interviewed, like, Rob Mack. What an amazing experience that was. You just tipped up, turned up, plugged this trailer in, and you just had the crack, didn't you? It's <laughs> like, this is just totally nuts, man. What got you into the podcast then? How, what, what made you start it? Yeah. Your fault. Yeah, totally. My, uh, my fault. Um, I listen to quite a few podcasts, and at the time there wasn't many sort of bike racing mm-hmm. podcasts. And uh, me and John both go. To, we're both sponsored by a club, which is um, it basically works where we have guests, and it's not recorded as a podcast, but it's just a to a small crowd. Yeah, get sort of famous bike biking people in. And all the money that's raised gets redistributed to the local riders. Right. Um, so it's kind of a very similar format to the to the podcast, but it's like a live event uh, up in North Allerton, sort of in the uh-huh. northeast. Uh, so yeah, I guess... definitely worth coming to if you have a fancy, you know, yeah, you been, on the bike and North, yeah. the North Yorkshire Road Racing Supporters that's Club. It. And uh, <laughs> I get that out there. Later. <laughs> I guess that that was kind of like the intro, and then whenever we didn't really have an, well, we still don't have like an end goal. It's just very much like we started. See where it goes. Of, yeah, recording it without the video, and then yeah, we've yeah. kind of added that in, and then we've got the studio, and then we're we're just building it up sort of organically, and really we really enjoy doing it. It's uh, we try and get one out once a week, and meeting new people, yeah, traveling yeah. around, everyone, things, everyone. When they listen to my podcast, everybody goes, "Oh, have you heard the chasing the racing one?" So block it. Do you know, what I mean? <laughs> 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 you know, in seventy episodes, you know, you, you guys have done phenomenally well. God, Thank fantastic. You. Um, gents, there's two more questions on Patreon, and then and I'm aware of the time, so we just call it quits after those two, then, because I know you've got dominoes to get. Dominoes, oh yeah. God, I. <laughs> also, the a, a, we're at Mallory, and there's a car track day on tomorrow, so yeah. I think the the bike race is not a car wankers getting kicked out. Uh, so yeah, it might be under a bit of pressure from them. No worries. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll be quick as then. We've got two more here. Um, Peter Hamazed, Ham, he's a mate of mine, and I, I can never pronounce his surname, Hamid Zadai. Pete. It's Hamid Zadai, is it? Hamazade. Hamazade. Teacher. Teacher, you there see. Are, you I only know that because, well, uh, well, I won't go into it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, Pete, Pete's asking. Uh, hi, all. Firstly, big congratulations to Chris, uh, Chrissy. Well done on P1. Uh, love both podcasts, so it's great to have you together for this one. Question one. In your respective fields, race series, riding groups, if you were to take one of the other riders, oh my God, one of the other riders, girlfriend, partner, or wife as a pillion, whose would it be? Mm, I don't have a. Josh Brooks is Mrs. Next question. Go on, let's. Do you want to think about that? No, 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 not at all. God, Bennett. Cram. You brought that up in the actual podcast. I remember. That's factory. That's factory. Um, oh, Liz Hurley, if not, yeah, but yeah. she's not a, like like. God, please, Liz, if you are listening, I know you are because you're a bit of a deviant, aren't you? But uh, go and marry a motorcycle racer so I can answer that question again. Oh, Elizabeth, I've got to pick another rider's Minx. missus uh, to take for partner or wife. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a great one. Or husband or whatever in between. I'm struggling with that one, you know. There's so many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you were straight in there. Oh, God, I, I, I'm getting there before he does. So, you can. Yeah, Josh Brooks is, <laughs> is, is, is definitely up there. It's not going to um, sound right, but it sounds like there's a cue for him. The thing is, she's actually absolutely amazing. You're just sat there, hello, you're all right. And I mean, yeah. Just a, such a lovely person. <laughs> you think, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm literally racking my brains. Um, Let me just get my black folder out. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was that? Uh, what had that? You're, you're getting oh, worried because uh, you're Malcolm good... Landry's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll go Malcolm Landry's. Set your sights. Set what about your yours? I think Malcolm Landry's. Now Land... that we're getting no, into trouble. No, no, see, have a word with you yourself. Two. I know you're married. I'll have to take my wife, obviously. Oh, you. Oh, how are you, creep? I think Malcolm Landry's missus used to be like a. Not like a playboy, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, if, if any of your listeners want to check it out, it's uh, on, on Instagram. <laughs> I can't remember her name, but if you go Markham Landry, <laughs> you can't be what's saying, then all will become clear. Exactly. There we go. Right. Okay. There we go. Question two If you could ride any bike oh. on road or track, oh. what would it be and why? We'll miss Mike Norbury's misses as well. <laughs> yeah, he's got no Mike. Um, oh yeah, they are straight in there. Like you've got the proper hots for her. That should be listening to this now in the gym, going, "I knew it, Chrissy. I knew it. You were going to say it eventually. You had it in your body." Hey. <laughs> Sorry, well, I missed the question. Uh, uh, I I'm thinking about Megan. Yeah. yeah, if you could ride any bike on road or track, what would it be and why? Oh, I mean, I, I kind of already answered that with the Kelness thing, yeah. but if if not. If, if if I had to pick another bike, um, oh, it's a difficult one. Obviously, in terms of like realistic goals for next year, I'm obviously wanting to move into the superbike class. Yeah. So I guess it would be a, a superbike, um, but like a maybe like an iconic superbike, probably maybe. Well, not, the Ducatis have been pretty dominant over the last few years. I would love to just see what the. Can we see uh, you in red maybe next year? I'm, I'm afraid not. I'm afraid <laughs> that well, would be good. Well, I've, I've got to be fair. I've got nothing sorted as yet, but I, I'm pretty sure all the red seats have been taken. There we go. There we go. What about you, Dom? Uh, no, no. As far as like the iconic, you know, I'd love to race. You know, like a Ducati. Like I'm not just saying that because you've said it, but like one of the Ducati V4s would be absolutely amazing. But one of the biggest outstanding bikes I've ever seen in my life was um, there was a company called Ambler Engineering it's uh, two brothers and one son based out of Carlisle now Chris Ambler I mean oh, it's he's, he's a pornographic welder I mean it is phenomenal what he can weld you know he does he does everyone's like top end engineering firms welding work for their tanks subframes swinging arms the lot and I remember going to his, his mother's house I think I was only 18 and I had a, had my little blue Citroen relay and went to his mom's house. And down this alleyway was one of the original Harley Davidson Buells. Like one of the original flat yeah, track yeah, bikes. Yeah. There was only four of these ever made out of Harley Davidson. And he had one. Like this um this guy based in oh, I can't remember where it was, but these were one of the four and he showed me all the printing work and this is in an alleyway in Brampton <laughs> like propped up against the wall oh, you know, man. a little cushion just propped up against the wall and said there's only four of these in the entire world and I kid you not and Chris like who did all the welding he built this tank and everything on it was bespoke you know what I mean anything and this thing is an actual piece of history this is when Harley thought we're going into the racing scene we're going to really make yeah, a stamp yeah. and it was just absolutely gleaming and the fact that this was in a clapped out house <laughs> in the middle of the Cumbrian countryside was phenomenal and I remember looking at it going I want to go on it you know I know what this thing's worth this thing's worth millions mm -hmm. there's no it's one of them priceless moments you know you think this bike is forever made you couldn't put a you couldn't put a tag on it, and I just remember going, "Should we just bump it over?" 
and just howl it up the street. Is that more your your sort of scene then, for, in regards to like street bikes? Are you more for the classics um, or the the sort of the not, cafe types? Or no, not at all. Um, I just think it's because it's an iconic piece of history. Yeah, rather yeah, than anything. Yeah. You know, I've been very lucky that I've raced like like I've beat like I've ridden like Agostini's like. Um, John Chapman's Agostini MV Augusta, you know, quarter of a million pounds worth of bikes. I've ridden Honda 4s, I've Honda uh, 350s, I've ridden all kinds of variety, mm. like, varieties of bikes, and so has my dad. But you just look at this and go, here. It's like the bluebird, you know, that that that, that speedboat, the bluebird. You think, yeah. you know, how many opportunities do people get yeah. to touch this, never mind ride it, you know, and I think that would be my bike without a doubt. Speaking of like road bikes, I think if I had to, I, I don't think I would probably get a sports bike if I had one on the roads. No uh, way. I think I would end up killing myself. Yeah. It's just not not a very comfortable riding position. Um, yeah. A few years ago, I was working with a, a lovely lad uh, from Ovens. Lovely, lovely man. Yeah. And um, <laughs> he's called Sam and uh, he's he's got, him and his family have got a business called mint customs i don't mm. know if you've came across them on youtube they've got quite a big youtube following right but uh they they build uh, like sort of bespoke custom sort of cafe racer types and i've always thought if i was going to get a bike on the roads i'd go for one of them go for something like like that that i could get out and enjoy mm-hmm. comfortably and I, I would quite like to like pull up at a cafe and to, for people to be like wow like that's that's a one-off like mm-hmm. i've never seen one yeah before. i know what you mean yeah kinda, i, I kind of like it's that. a bit like, like when you turn up at calf on a gs everyone's just like yeah, oh, i've never seen one of them before the, just niggas <laughs> dropping just <laughs> yes i've arrived <laughs> You just get a chorus oh, of, oh my God. That's it. <laughs> thrown, thrown underwear at you. I know. I, yeah. I get it all the time. Uh, there you oh, yeah, yeah. Stay to your current side. I've got a part two answer to that. Go on. That question, right? Someone jammed a Ducati 1200cc engine in a Honda Grom. It's on it's on it's on the internet. You just type it in Honda Grom, Ducati engine conversion, and you just think, Shits and giggles per mile. Wow! It'd be worth every second of it. Brake. It's a single-sided brake disc, man. You'd warp the disc trying to stop that. But I tell you what. Imagine pulling up at the lights like that, <laughs> lifting the visor, just going. The noise slips. of that thing. Fancy racing for slips. <laughs> be off and away. It'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? <laughs> so if you're listening, whoever owns that bike. I'm telling you, Google that Honda Grom like engine conversion or something like that. It's like people have done, people have jammed like like two fifty two stroke engines in them and like fully done like the lobster welding yeah, on the exhaust yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. The, the the Grom scene, there's is, a whole yeah. The Grom scene's massive, it's isn't it? Serious, man. Especially in Asia and America, yeah. it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. But there we never, go. I've never ridden one. I want to. I should and... have brought it down. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You would have looked, trust me, you'd still look more ridiculous on your GS. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. There'll be a queue of GSs outside of uh, Burnetfield, Durham, for the next recording. Gang. Are you taking the piss? Sorry, lads. It's all a bit of crack. They're all accountants. Don't worry about it. GS riders, all accountants. Right, last question. Alex Bentley. Hi, all. Hi, Alex. Being a massive TT fan, I followed the rise of Dom since his appearance in a YouTube video, The People's. I watched that last night. The pe- oh, God, that's weird. Uh, that came up on my YouTube feed last night, The People's Race. And I was like, what's this? The People's Race? Yes, it was one about the TT, 2015? Oh, the religion of sport thing? Yeah, yeah oh, fa- right, the father I. and son on a bike, and they, they filmed it, and you're you're in it loads. 
you're being oh, interviewed loads. Right. I think I think it's after the TT and you're still in your leathers next to a motorhome drinking. I don't know if it's cider and black or something, but you you sat there. Oh my god, that video! Yeah, <laughs> that's a total different video. All right, neighbor, no, carry on. I've never seen this. Oh <laughs> god, I, I was hoping that one would disappear in the, the dark. Oh, yeah, please, yeah. 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 Um, Stop googling. <laughs> He said, obviously a real character in the paddock. Are you planning... Oh, we covered this. Are you planning to do the Isle of Wight road race next autumn? What are your thoughts on the circuit? If it goes ahead, what are your objectives for the TT, lightweight, podium? You went really well on the Super Twin at the S100 last year, and he'd love to know. Oh, definitely. No, as far as like um, the Southern 100 was concerned, it was uh, I was riding for the Daffabet team, and the bike was absolutely brilliant, and... Last year, I got the race in the memory of one of my good friends, uh, James Cowton. His dad put me on like their Aye. family bike, you know, to continue the name for James. And they've wished to continue that on leading into the next year, which Mega. is, uh, it's it's an honour that I, I've never taken lightly. In you know, I'd, no, it's a big part of me that it really is. And like together, like they've built a fantastic brand new machinery um, it's not the ER6 it's the new Z650 Ninja right. so it's a lighter frame uh -huh. better turning better adjustment the more upgraded engine so the capability of getting up at the front is more than doable hmm. and it's about just putting it together and lucky for me he doesn't know it yet but I've got a cracking mentor to teach me how to actually put my finger out my arse properly <laughs> so um, you know and like, like you know, Chris has always been there for us to try and push me on and more get me mindset you know he knows I can do the job it's just about getting there and I want to try and focus more a little bit more on the shorts to get better at the roads okay right yeah just you know that's not that's not all like uh, fresh news for anyone isn't it you know it's you need to get better in a safer environment like this to push forward in the future yeah and the counting team are 100% behind that and I think together we can really push for top fives and hopefully get on the top the you know on the podium awesome which would be god imagine, imagine me on the top of the podium there'd be, <laughs> there'd be nothing classy about that whatsoever <laughs> i'd be screaming captain butt plugs this is a shout out for you son tf tmf whatever you are so there you are well done <laughs> far you, from classy you've got to meet him you've got to meet him oh god TMF. i don't worry now he'll be punching me right in the nose tmf honestly he comes <laughs> across in his vids well not so much now he's lightened up a lot but he, he very much came across <laughs> was as he a, boring People did think he was boring. And oh, before I met him, I thought he's he's not going to be, you know, the type of person I would normally socialise with. Yes. Because he, he comes across as an accountant, really, that's on this bike. And, oh, hello. He's very... He's not... It's not as bad as that. Straight-edged. But, edged. but he, he never speeds, and he, he's very matter-of-fact, and he'll make a list of everything, you know, and you'll go through. Hell of an account. But when yeah. you meet him, he's the polar opposite. He's an utter deviant. He's such a laugh. <laughs> he's such a scream. So, obviously, I've known him for a year or two now, and there's sort of four of us that hang around together, like YouTube Brilliant. types, and we, we've been away and doing trips and stuff. And, like, he's... When the beer comes out, there's just this utter animal appears. And uh, he lets slip. Uh, well, at the start of lockdown, we did a podcast on, on mine. And he lets slip that whenever he does a video in his garage or in his, his sort of home studio, his office, he'll have a butt plug somewhere in the Shut background. Up, man. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, no way. And he says, yeah. And he just he leant back because he was zooming from like a Zoom call in his office and you're like there it's here now and he just went back and grabbed it and we're like oh my god and it's it's like marketing genius because everyone's gone back through all his old videos to see if it's there and watching all of them to see where it is 
So it's just become this on, ongoing joke now. The fair play to that man. Hey, use your strengths, even if he's it is a, a sexual device. But he's fair a play. great laugh. He really is a good giggle. Good lad. Right, lads, um, I've taken up more than enough of your time. Thank you so much. That's like uh, about an hour and a half, I think, we've been going here. An hour and 40 minutes. One hour 45. One hour 45. <laughs> there yeah, we go. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, before... Before I end, is there any shout-outs you want to give? Any sponsors you want to give shout-outs to? Well, on our on our social media, chasing the race, and mm-hmm. uh, it's we, we use the at motorbike pod, mm-hmm. so that's on like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been pushing the YouTube a lot more recently because it, we didn't uh, when we first started going. It was just all audio, and yeah. then we had the social media to sort of promote it. But since we've started filming them, I think it gives an uh, like an extra angle. Definitely. For so uh, yeah, we've plus been he's got of, a good looking face so it's, it's all right pushing that um but yeah that's our like social social medias awesome so all the links for that will be down below folks so make sure you give them a subscribe a follow a like all the rest of it we're on a patreon as well at motorbike pod same again Beautiful. he's good he's getting fluid at this isn't he? <laughs> definitely yeah um i mean patreon gets a lot of abuse doesn't it? a lot of people slag you off whenever you mention patreon but it's been a lifesaver for me it's literally you know kept a roof over doesn't my run on fresh air does it no, it, it doesn't it doesn't run on fresh air it runs a two-way street as well because Absolutely. obviously you're, you're providing content yeah. that people enjoy and people well, that's who, questionable and, <laughs> and people, people can give a little bit back to support that and definitely it's, it, it kind of yeah. it's a catch-22 really, absolutely yeah so if patron's your thing check out the links down below and i'll put links there to to the lads patron there as well awesome very kind thank you very much awesome for your time. yeah no worries. congratulations again on, on the the title and i uh, can't wait to um to watch you on the, the, the TT. The oh, God, yeah, on the back. I forgot about that. TV. For a second, I forgot no, about that. Well, uh, safe, safe what have trip, I agreed to? Safe trip back on the, on the GS. Thank you very much. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Right, folks, uh, as always, it looks at the moment, I think it looks like we're going back into another lockdown, but mm. whatever, what can we say about it? Folks, keep on doing your thing. Look after those that you love. Get on out there. And most importantly, most importantly, live your life. Woo! Ah.